Okay, there might be some grocery bag noise here and some skateboard noise, but it's got all kinds of wonderful sounds. It's wonderful sounds all around. Wow, that's a, that's a real kid. <laughs> you know, I, in this town, it's like you hear a skateboard and it's often like a full-grown adult. But in this case, it was actually a, an RK, a real kid. <laughs> but uh, anyway, just had a funny interaction at the grocery store. And so, of course, I have a little, a little story. It's not really that good of a story at all, but it just made me think. Because the store I go to, I have the same cashier every time. And I actually deliberately seek him out. And that's true for every store. Like, if it's any store I go to regularly and I see that there's not an insane line behind a certain cashier that I'm comfortable with, that's who I go to. You know, I've said before, like, I wish that I had action figures of my favorite cashiers. And not in a, like, oh, essential workers are superheroes kind of way. I've had this opinion for years. It's like my buddy Nick and I used to talk about how we wanted action figures of our friends. You know, it's not that I just want action figures of cashiers. I want action figures of a lot of people. Cashiers just happen to be among them, my favorite cashiers. But I like this guy. He's, got, he's always got a good attitude. And when he doesn't, you know it's been a bad day. But, uh, you know, I got up there to, to get rung out. And he, he, caught, he, he said, you know, he's like, sometimes I just really want to compliment people and say something nice. But they're not wearing their mask, or they're not wearing their mask right. And I just can't. You know, I, I just can't, I can't say something nice to somebody who's not wearing a mask or wearing their mask right. And I was kind of surprised he said that. Not that I care about professionalism. Like, I couldn't give a shit. Like, I'm not a fan of phony professionalism where because you're doing a job, you have to be kind and appropriate all the time. I gotta, you know, I would rather have a, an employee of a store be real and have it be an authentic experience where everybody understands that this is a job rather than them being hostage to phony professionalism and phony kindness. That said, I, I mean, I think as a human being, you can default to kindness. You know, it's not about, it's not that you should be kind because you're working a job and you're in customer service. It's that your default should be to treat people decently as it is. I didn't think what this guy said was that indecent. I know somebody else, somebody who even thinks similarly to me would be like, oh my God, what an asshole. He's judging people for not wearing masks. I don't judge people for not wearing masks. I have no judgment about someone wearing a mask or wearing it wrong. I, I haven't cared about that at all throughout all this. To change hands here, excuse me. Now, I couldn't care less about the mask issue. Because, you know, you see it go both ways. And, and it's looking like we're not going to be talking about it much pretty soon anyway, so I might as well get this in, right? But, uh, 
I mean, there are people out there who were really, they, they went hard line the opposite direction about masks, where they'll hate somebody for wearing a mask, or think somebody's a pussy for wearing a mask. And to me, that, that's a good example of what I always talk about, is someone playing the, sa the same damn game. Where it's like the same attitude that says like, oh my god, you're not wearing a mask. You know, it's the same attitude that says, oh my god, you're such a pussy. And you're such a sheep. You're such a sheep for wearing a mask. It's the same attitude, just on different ends. Different ends of the same attitude. But anyway, this guy saying that to me, I was kind of like, you know, I don't agree. I don't agree that you shouldn't be nice to somebody or you should withhold compliments that you otherwise would say to them because they're not complying with the mask issue or they're not doing it right as he said you know what he said is like he's like i want to say something nice but if they're not wearing a mask or they're wearing it wrong i can't do it i just can't can't say something nice to that person and i you know what i did i just i just laughed i just laughed i said oh ha ha just <laughs> kind of a fake laugh and i said oh yeah really and you know what? Because in that moment, I had the choice to do the same thing to him. His rule is that if you're not wearing a mask right, you can't be nice to somebody when you otherwise would be, when there was otherwise something good about them that he wanted to point out. But my rule doesn't involve masks. But in that moment, I could have withheld being nice to him because I didn't like his little rule. And the fact that he shared it with me. Because I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with what he said. But I'm not going to keep the cycle going and be a dick to him. Because I don't agree with that. Because that would be me. That would be my version of judging someone for a mask. My version of that would be... You know, it would just be keeping the same game going. Which is like, oh, you don't like that people don't wear masks so you can't be nice to them. Well, I don't like that you can't be nice to somebody who's not wearing a mask, so I'm not going to be nice to you. That would just become my rule. But instead, I just laughed. I didn't say I agree. I didn't say, good for you. Oh, good for you. Didn't, didn't say anything like that. But you know what? Made a decision. Like, this is going to be a positive interaction with this guy. I have plenty of positive interactions with him as it is. He's a nice guy. He deserves an action figure. He deserves somebody to give him an action figure, but he also deserves to have an action figure made of him. And then he deserves to have somebody give him that action figure. But it was just a little interaction there. And it was just like, okay, in this moment, I can uh, do the same thing to him. Because just like he has a little personal rule about people who wear masks, I could have a little rule about people who have rules about masks. Play that meta game. What you realize is where a lot of our animosity comes from. A lot of our animosity, a lot of our opinions, a lot of our judgments are the product of that little meta game. I mean, think about how many people go around, I know people like this, who judge people for doing pretty mundane things because somebody in their life did those things and now they don't like anybody who does them and I'm not talking about bad things 
Like I've had friends, you know, people who are in that ex mindset, like people who go around and be like, my ex. I've never liked that term. It's a weird way of thinking about it. Like it's one thing to add, you know, you can add ex to ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend or ex-husband, ex-wife, because that clarifies that you're no longer with them. But I've always been disgusted since I was a kid when people say just ex, like only including, it's like saying my former, my former, except it sounds more negative. Something about ex sounds just very negative. As a kid, I picked up on that. It has kind of like a feminine tone as well. Like I haven't known that many guys in my life who say my ex, uh, my ex used to do that. Tends to be more of a feminine term, my ex. But uh, what did I have to say about that? <laughs> what did I even have to Oh, yeah, well, what I was thinking about is how I've known people who, like, they'll see somebody do something, like, pretty normal. Like, let's say they play Super Mario. It's just a totally random example. But there's people out there who will say, like, I hate people who play Super Mario. My ex used to play Super Mario. And it's like because they associate that, and it's, it's totally normal to associate certain things with a certain person or situation that you've experienced. And it's normal to form a negative association around it. But then to think that everybody who does that very normal, mundane thing is like that person you didn't like, or that that was a contributing factor. I mean, maybe some things. Maybe some things do have an influence, but it's like, I'll hear people say that and they're talking about totally just banal things, hobbies that millions of people do. And, and that they take that with them moving forward and have a nasty attitude about it. And uh, I don't know if that's an example of the sort of like meta judgments we make. But, uh, you know, me having the option to be like, oh, you don't like people who, who don't wear masks? Well, I don't like people who don't like people who don't wear masks. And a lot of us are, it's, it's a kind of, that'd be kind of a reactionary opinion to have. And it would be kind of self-righteous as well. So when you're faced with that situation, you know, of judging somebody for their judgments or just simply reacting negatively to them or about them because of their judgments, it's a good chance to say, hey, well, do I want to do the same thing about something else? Because in most cases, it doesn't really matter what you're judging someone for. What matters is your reaction it's your behavior because that's what kind of creates the currency and you know it'd be a different situation if I was cornered and someone demanded to know my stance on that issue with you know the implication being that they're gonna judge me for my stance like if that guy had asked me, I mean, I'm, this is why I can't go to the grocery store. Who knows what I'll start thinking about. But if that guy had asked me, he's like, what do you think about that? I'd be like, well, you're being an asshole to me now. And some people do that. I mean, that's, that's what I get about, get on about these politics and social issues. 
it's not just that people have a stance on those things. There's this aggressive confrontational side of it where they want to know your stance. And if you don't make your stance clear, they will assume the worst. It plays into like the silence is violence thing. Your silence is deafening. It plays into that where we've, we've entered a time where if you don't make a declaration and people, you know, they, they say things that, it, that they make statements that are almost pregnant with the expectation that, you know, you will say something, you know what I'm getting at? Like where it's like someone will make a comment and they're not asking you a question, but they say it and it's, it's a loaded question, I guess, or a loaded statement where it's like, oh, because I'm commenting on this, I expect you to say something about it, either in agreement or disagreement so that I can assess you. That happens at work, you know, in offices, especially where people are kind of passive and there's rules about talking about politics and incendiary issues people find a way around that like one day someone will walk into the office and they'll say something about something going on politically or socially and it's not enough to where they're trying to start an argument or force anything on you they're like navigating the rules around office politeness but it's sort of implied that you'll be like, yeah, like, it, it, like an example would be like if they come in and they're like, God, I, I can't believe what Trumpsfeld said last night. The idea is that you respond and you say, oh, I know, I hate him. I just hate him. And it's not really that big of a deal. It's not like confrontational. But they come in and they say that and they're testing you. Whether, whether they even know it or not, they're testing you. Oh my God, I hate Trump's felt. And the idea is that you will respond in kind or you will say like, I don't know, I kind of like the guy. He tells it like it is. But if you say nothing, which is the correct response, the correct response in that situation is to say nothing. Like, you don't even have to give them an icy silence. You can just kind of go, oh, ha-ha. Ha-ha. In that situation, you can be as... Uh, you can be as fake as you want to be. Not fake to the point where you agree with something you disagree with, but you can just be as polite and fake... You can, you can hit them with as much fake politeness as you want. Which to me is like, that's a, we've developed that like fake laugh to do that. Where someone says something we might not agree with. And we don't, we don't agree with them. But to kind of, you know, knock them, to kind of bat them away, we just go, ha ha. And I realized that I did that automatically with that cashier. Where like, even though I was like, wow, that was quite the confession. You're unwilling to say something nice that you wanted to say to somebody. So you're like fighting your own desire to be nice to that person because they're not following some rule that people have become religious about. And it's somewhat of a questionable rule, you know, depending on what your perspective is. Not everybody's in total agreement around it. But, uh, you know, my, my response, it was just automatic. It was like, ha ha, 
a really stupid sounding fake laugh. But I think that's the best approach. Unless you want to get in a real dialogue, unless you can, unless you feel like you can have a real dialogue with somebody, there's no reason to even get into it. You don't lose anything. You know, you don't, you don't suffer in any, in any way. And the reality too is, can you imagine trying to get into a conversation about the efficacy of masks and why people should or shouldn't wear them or what it means when, you know, can you imagine getting into that conversation with a cashier during the five minutes that they're begging your groceries? And if you want to get supernatural about it, there's all these people who believe like food that's cooked by a chef who loves what they do not only tastes better, but that it's better for you. Like if somebody cooks you a meal and they, they're disgruntled, there's this idea, loud bus. No, but if, if somebody cooks you a meal and they're disgruntled, they hate working at the restaurant they work at, there's kind of a new agey belief. I mean, I've also heard, you know, Buddhists and people talk about this, that, you know, that energy is basically transmitted to the food and, you know, your body feels different. Um, you know, I mean, I don't really have a, a stance on that. I don't really have a hardline opinion. But, you know, I think there's something to that. Because, I mean, if, if given the choice, if nothing else, what would you prefer? Like, if you were given the choice between a chef who loves what they do and puts love into, what they, into their cooking versus someone who hates what they do and does it begrudgingly, like, what are you going to choose? You know, you're always going to choose the first one. So the fact that you even want that tells you there's something to it. It tells you that it's preferable. Same thing with grocery store cl clerks, you know? They might not be cooking your food, but they're handling it. And if you're arguing with the grocery store clerk about masks, while they're begging up your groceries, it's, it's some bad juju, man. <laughs> there's some bad juju in that. But then there's people who are you know, extremely pathological about doing things with love. Like my ex-girlfriend worked at a bakery and they made, I think they made like sandwiches as well as baked goods. And my boss at the time, who was kind of a, kind of like a pseudo, a pseudo new agey thing. He really, he didn't seem to be deeply into that, but he was definitely kind of, you know, middle-aged guy who was, existed in like a liberal bubble. And uh, he would go into that bakery all the time and a very liberal bakery, that sort of vibe. And a liberal bakery, you're politically, I don't even mean politically, I just kind of mean just that vibe. It catered to that audience, catered to that type of person. But he would go in there all the time because he lived in that neighborhood. And I would occasionally get reports from my girlfriend about embarrassing things my boss had said or done. And he didn't even know that was my girlfriend. Like I'd worked for him for years. And he didn't even realize until way later that was my girlfriend. And like, fortunately, he didn't flirt with her or anything. He didn't do anything weird. But uh, eventually he found out, like I went to a company party with her. 
And he was like, oh, you work at the bakery. Oh, my God. I love it. But there was a time, the, the reason I'm talking about this is, uh, not that I need a reason, but there was a time where he had gotten some treat or sandwich or something. And after he ate it, he went up to the counter and he said, that seemed like it was made with a lot of love. There's some loud cars here. So loud. Cars are so... F you don't realize how loud cars are until you try to fucking record yourself talking. So loud. So loud. But uh, there's so many of them, too. So loud, so many. But uh, anyway, yeah, after my boss ate his meal at the bakery, my girlfriend let me know that he went up to the counter and he said, that tasted like it was made with a lot of love. Was that made with a lot of love? Like he asked, he said, he said it tasted like it was made with a lot of love. And then he said, was that made with a lot of love? And it's like, what are they going to say? No. It was made with hate. We made that with hate. You just ate a hateful sandwich. You, you just ate a whole, you swallowed a mouthful of hate, boy. You just swallowed a mouthful of hate. You know, what are they going to say in response to that? And it's like, you shouldn't even ask. You should just feel it. But yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't ask my grocery store clerk that. Hey, uh, you know, you did a really great job begging those groceries. You did a really great job begging those groceries. Did you do that with a lot of love? It kind of seemed like you were begging those groceries with a lot of love. And you know what's funny is I talked to the guy, as I was leaving the store just now, I did talk to him about the skills of bagging groceries. Because I think he kind of, you know, I think he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder today. Because he commented, you know, he made his comment about people who don't wear masks. And then he was like, is it okay if I beg your groceries? And I was like, please, please do. I, I hate begging my groceries. But uh, he, I do it with a lot of hate. When I beg my groceries, I do it with a lot of hate. I trust you to do it with a lot of love. But I was like, please, go ahead. And he, and he was like, there's some people who get mad at you for doing that. He's like, there's some people who get mad when I want to beg the groceries. And I was like, you're, you're the one who does it all day. You know, you, it's like, I told him, like, when I do the self-checkout, I realize how inept I am at the checkout process. I was like, it takes me 10 minutes to ring up my yogurts. You do it in one fell swoop. You know, there's a rhythm to it, and I don't have it. You know, you're you're the expert. And so I think I think you know the fact that he even wanted to beg my groceries because in the COVID era, in the coronavirus era, I've noticed you know for a while there at the same grocery store they had a rule that the cashier couldn't beg your groceries. You had to do it yourself. When they were really freaked out about COVID, Coroni, they actually had a rule. Like one time I was sitting there and they didn't beg my groceries like they normally do. And this kid came over and was like, you have to beg them yourself. And then I went to go beg them at the end of the counter. And then this kid who obviously enjoyed his authority at a grocery store was like, and you can't do it up there. You have to use the pullout table. They have these little tables that pull out at the end. And I was like, geez, man. I've got to bag my own groceries. I can't do it 
on the top of the counter at the very end. I have to use these little like baby changing tables they have underneath. I didn't like that because I'm not good at it. You know, and because it's like Tetris. You know, you do something enough, even just bagging groceries, and you know the rhythm of it. You know where to position things. You know how to arrange things. You know how they fit together. You have a good idea of what's heavy, what's not, what's awkward. That's what I told this guy. I was like, you know, you're the expert, and I mean that. I mean that. (laughs) But uh, that's about all I got here. I'm almost home. Just a funny thought, though. I mean, if there's one lesson in this, got to have a lesson. It's, you know, if somebody shares their judgment with you, in this case, it was a guy who judges people and withholds compliments from people who don't wear masks and probably feels righteous about it. You then have the option of doing the same thing to them. You know, you have the option of judging them for their judgment. And a lot of our judgments are exactly that. Very rarely are our judgments based on a pure or raw behavior. They're often based on somebody else's judgments. You see that politically. Or, you know, a lot of the political issues today are actually based around, the arguments are based around judging other people's judgments. And, uh, you certainly have the option of not doing that. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me And when the morning sun Reveals her hills and plains I see a land where children can run free Hey.